0: Welcome to Sneakers and Strategies, the only podcast that talks marketing strategy and sneaker culture. Episode 2 of Season 2. Let's go. Alright, so welcome to Episode 2. It is February 12th, 2024, and last night was the Super Bowl. Um, and I have to say, last night's Super Bowl was odd. Um, it's not because it went into overtime, and it's not because Taylor Swift didn't get engaged. It's really about the ads. Uh, last year, you may remember if you're a, a listener, my coworker worker Aaron and I reviewed some of the ads together. And just like last year, uh, she and I sent a few texts uh, back and forth during the game talking about the ads. And um, her opinion in my opinion... I, there, There's a lot of things that I agree with her on, um, but there are some things that I caught that, I honestly, I was kind of shocked by. Um, in her opinion, this is the first Gen X older millennial Super Bowl, like when it comes to advertising. Um, that showed up a lot. There was a lot of use of characters that gained popularity in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, you saw characters from Friends. Um, you saw Mr. T. Um, Realizing that Mr. T is now a shell of who he was in the '80s because he had, he's very small compared to what he used to be, uh, we also saw Arnold Schwarzenegger um, in a State Farm ad, which was weird. So it was just a it was a place of nostalgia, and that's it was interesting to me to think about it that way because I don't know that I caught that until she said it, and I was like, yeah, that's that's actually true. If you were in Gen Gen X or if you were an older millennial, you know, you grew up in the eighties and the nineties, and maybe even, you know, that the your your childhood was in the nineties. Then I, I certainly could see that, but there are some other things too. So every year, um, Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Manage- Management produces a list of the best and worst of the Super Bowl. Well, and we're gonna walk through that whole list here in a second, but. And I want to go through my winners, too. But before we do that, I I want to talk about what was different for me. Um, You know, every year, brands are vying for attention during the Super Bowl. I mean, this year's ad was right at $7 million on average. And there are iconic ads that are created during the Super Bowl. I mean, some we still talk about today. The Apple 1984 ad is the first one that comes to mind for me. Um, You know, marketers still say to this day that it was one of the greatest ads ever created but this year it felt like everyone was just aiming at the short-term win like no one was aiming for the long term there were a handful um you saw budweiser bring back of course the clydesdales and that that is a a budweiser thing and that is part of their brand and they live that and i I think that was you know continuing to live the brand they've created but there are and, and, and i'm gonna say even last year Some brands hope to ride the train of their Super Bowl ad for the year. Right, We saw some ads last year that they knew when they made the ad that that was going to be their thing for the whole year. And they're just going to have to ride that because it's so expensive to produce that one piece. And some do that. Some try that. But there were so many ads this year that were just, that wasn't what they were going for. They literally were going for the, okay, we're going to take this flash in the pan and we're going to spend $7 million on the ad, not including agency fees, not including production. And we're just going to do this flash in the pan ad that's going to last all of two months. And we're just going to try to go viral. I mean, we're just going to swing and go, go viral. That's what we want. And I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> Many of the aims just felt so short term. And you know there there are a few that might last a little longer. Certainly not all. But a lot of them are just forgettable. Um I there there were some good ads. I'm not gonna say they weren't good, but they didn't there was just nothing this year to me that really screamed or not not a lot of things, I'm not gonna say nothing. I'm gonna say there were a lot of things that just did not scream that they were gonna swinging for the long term with the ad buy. So for me, the, the other thing I made an early note of was that a lot of advertisers were pushing people to the web. I mean, the DoorDash ad that you know used the code to win, and someone did. We'll talk about that when we get to that ad. Um, or the early movie trailers that all pushed people to the web. Uh, Deadpool and Wolverine, the very first ad that showed said, you know, movie trailers available online now. Despicable, Despicable Me 4, same thing. A quiet place year one, same thing. You know, they didn't show the whole ad. They just pushed people to the web. So that was interesting to me. So let's talk about the ads. So in the best and worst commercials in the Super Bowl 2024 list, that was ranked by Kellogg. Um, Kellogg School of Management our Northwestern University. Kellogg, for years, has been known as one of the best marketing schools in the country. So it would make sense that they're the ones who did this. Um but they created this list and they ranked all the ads but the grade. And what they were looking at is you know, does the ad differentiate the brand from another brand? Um, does it position the brand well? Does the brand kind of sit in the pocket of its own brand, right? Does it kind of live up to who it is? Um, and, and that that's kind of how the, the ads were created or, or how the ad excuse me how the, the, the rating was created. So the number one ad that they had ranked was the Google ad for the Google Pixel 8 and its technology. That ad I thought was really good. You may remember it was the the screen was blurry and then they took the picture and it was clear. Um, Speaking to the person who had had vision issues, I, I think that was a really good ad. So I didn't have a problem with that. It is not something that I, it will live as long as the technology lives, right? So that thing that it represents Google brand well. So that was good. The other thing that they, the ad that they rated an A was the Sarah V ad. I thought the Sarah V ad with Michael Sarah was terrible. So they rated it an A. I would not give it an A because it just feels so out of character for a brand like that. And I know that's the point. Is just the shock value and the awkwardness of that. I just didn't like the ad. Um, the next one was the Doritos ad, which was later in the game, um, for the the Doritos chip ad. I thought it was really good. I didn't have a problem with that. Um, Verizon and the Beyonce ad. I also thought that ad was terrible. So um, where Beyonce was trying to basically break their traffic, right, break the servers, and I just did not appreciate that ad. Um, I don't. I don't. Nobody that I was with actually liked that ad. <laughs> they they didn't quite understand what they were referring to. So the the offering wasn't exactly clear, or the point they were trying to make wasn't exactly clear. So I, I didn't care for that one. The Microsoft ad um, about Copilot, which of course is AI, um, also. I think for those who are tech savvy and get it, and probably the students um, at Northwestern, I see why they would give that an A, but given that in the room with me were older millennials um, and you know I, I would say you know Gen X uh, they didn't they didn't care for that ad they just don't get it the technology yet right AI really it's been around for a little while for those of us in the technology space, but for those who aren't. It's just, it's they're not there yet. Um, the Volkswagen ad, they also rated an A. I thought that ad was very good. The Dove ad, an A, I would agree. The Mountain Dew ad, I would agree it was pretty good. Um, I don't know that it was that great. Um, I think there were some some issues with it, but I mean, they certainly said the brand name and spoke about the Baja Blast repeatedly, so I think that's good. Now, I will tell you in my notes, because I took notes on every commercial And one of the ads that they rated was the Hellman's cat ad. Um, I thought that ad was pretty good. Um, I know that people in the room with me didn't like the ad, but my youngest daughter, um, she giggled at the ad, but she also loves cat. And so I actually made in my notes for that ad, I put cat lovers unite. So uh, I also thought the Etsy ad was very good. So the Etsy ad happened right after halftime. Um, so if you didn't catch that ad, but I thought it was very good on some of the capabilities of Etsy and helping people find the right gift. Uh, the Reese's ad was really funny. So if you watched the the Super Bowl, the Reese's ad that um, where they were talking about the the peanut butter and adding caramel to the Reese's peanut butter cup, I thought that was that was good. And they rated the Uber Eats ad as an A. Um, no one that I was with liked that ad, and I actually disagree with that. I don't think the Uber Eats ad was very good either. So, um, so that in my opinion, when when we talk about the ones they rated A's, those are the ones that I would simply disagree with. Um, you know, there's some I agree with, of course, but there's some I certainly don't. My favorite ads during the Super Bowl, and then from there they rate you know B, C, D, so on. Um, The ads that I thought that were pretty good, I thought the Disney Plus ad near the end was really good. I mean, we're Disney fans already, but it was just sound and simple text on the screen with a lot of their quotes from their movies, and then at the end it said Disney Plus. I thought that was a really simple and clever attention-getting sort of ad. It They didn't have to do a lot, so it wasn't over the top. They didn't have to try too hard. Um, I thought they, that the end of the game... um, the T-Mobile ad was pretty good with Jason Momoa and, of course, the guys from Scrubs who have been in a couple of their ads. I thought that was a pretty good one. Um, but outside of that, I mean, it, oh, and the Kawasaki ad. <laughs> that ad I thought was really good. So, if you again, you watch the Super Bowl, you may remember the, the Kawasaki ad with Stone Cold Steve Austin as he grows a mullet and thanks the guys for it. I thought that was pretty good. And I also thought the BMW Christopher Walken ad with Usher um, kind of referencing the halftime show was good. So um, the only other one that I, I want to point out, I'm going to say two more, would be the the Pringles ad with Chris Pratt that he looks like the Pringles guy. I thought that was a very good ad. And then the a lot of people really didn't like that he gets us ads. And maybe it's just because I'm a sucker for that campaign. I like that campaign. But they had the random people washing people's feet, um, which of course is a reference to Jesus. And I thought that ad was pretty good. Now, the Kellogg team and the students at Kellogg disagreed with that. Um, they said that apparently there's some buzz on various platforms that, you know, it could have been referenced to feet fetishes. And I thought that was just. Um, I don't know, inappropriate maybe. I mean, I get it, and I know what happens on the web when anything anybody talks about anything, right? But I, I, I thought that was uh, that that was inappropriate. Outside of that, I didn't really like most of the other ads, to be honest. I thought the crowds, in particular, the CrowdStrike ad, people didn't get it. Um, security is one of those things, like web security is one of those things people just don't understand. And so that ad was just really confusing, uh, the Squarespace ad I thought was really bad. A uh, Timu, which ran multiple ads during the Super Bowl, I thought that was not great. And, and from there it just goes on and on. Uh, the homes.com stuff wasn't very good. Um, you know, the the just looking, oh, the Popeyes ad was probably one of my the ones I hated the most. And I'm a sucker for Popeyes. I like Popeyes chicken but that ad just did, it just fell flat for me. So again, it was just lots of forgettable things. And so maybe I'm, you know, maybe I I think I'm the audience, right? I mean, I am a Xenial. So I'm in between Gen Gen X and, and the, you know, certainly that's, that's who they were targeting, the older millennials and Gen X. So I, I I hear you, but I just did not, I didn't care for that. Um, I do have to say the the one thing I want to talk about really quick, though, which is the DoorDash all the ads. So I don't know if you know what all that person wins, but it's kind of everything. Um, The the full list of items that they would win was incredible. But it is... um, I'm trying to find the 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 list but i mean it was crazy um it was 288 bags of peanut butter m&ms 30 pounds of mayonnaise a real clydesdale saddle um a a truck um they won an electric v the volkswagen ev um i mean it was it the list is just insane of all the things that the winner would win and so i uh i thought as much as i didn't didn't like the ad itself because it to me when i saw that you had to you know slow down and watch the whole thing um to get that whole co- code i think it was you know i was like that's a lot of work i'm not doing that but then you find out that they actually you know someone did it and won that's kind of nuts so <laughs> but all in all i you know i i don't know that i would uh rate this year's super bowl a huge win um, for me, I got some movie trailers I really was excited about. Uh, that. That's exciting to me. I didn't see, there are no products that I said, okay, I've got to go out and get that. Uh, but I don't think you ever necessarily do get that from a Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, we'll see what happens. I mean, the virality is in the moment. And so people will talk about it for the next week. And then we'll see which of these ads have any longevity. So it's really easy, I would say, in the creative space to, you know, come up with something crazy and then create the ad for it and add dinosaurs and, you know, bullet trains and whatever you want to in an ad. But in reality, do sales increase? Um, Is there a bump in web traffic? Is there a bump in social followership? Does it lead to long-term sales? Does it lead to long-term ROI? You know, is it really worth it to spend $7 million on a single ad in a single shot? Um, Agile marketers will say no, but I I would say that, you know, it just, we'll have to wait and see. So that's my opinion of the Super Bowl. I know that was a lot. We covered a lot of ground really fast. So if you didn't watch the Super Bowl, you're probably going, I don't know what I just listened to. But I would also say, too, um, you know, my hope is that I'm, I'm a fan for brands and I, I really, I'm a fan of brands and brands that do it right. Cause I think having a voice that people understand is important. And I just, there's so many brands that run ads in the Super Bowl that do things that are the antithesis of who they are just to get attention. And I don't think it lasts long enough to matter. I mean, obviously brands do it because either they feel like they have to, or they do get some benefit from it. But I'm curious as to what that actually is, and I I would love to see the measurements on some of these ads, especially moving into the year, just to see if there is real benefit from from spending $7 million plus production on an ad. So that's that. Um, I want to talk really quick about sneakers. So last week, or excuse me, two weeks ago in the last episode, I said that most of the sneaker releases lately suck, and I was pretty clear about it because they have. And then, and then Nike. So Nike goes and shock drops last week um, the Jordan 4 Bread reimagines. And so if you're familiar with this particular shoe, it is a black Jordan 4 um, with gray and red treatments. Um, It is an old school shoe. It's a classic shoe. And then they shock dropped it last week. And they'll be dropping it again. And I might be wrong. That shoe is pretty sweet. So... But, you know, we'll, we'll continue to see what they're doing. I mean, I've seen a lot of the previews of releases this year, and there's some stuff that might be okay. But um, we'll just have to see what happens. All right, so that's all I have for this week. Um, if you have any questions about marketing, feel free to reach out to me at Forum Communications. Our website's forumspeaks.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. My name's Nick Kastner. Again, I'm the Director of Brand and Digital Strategy at Forum Communications. And I'd love to speak to you. So um, feel free to reach out to me in either of those places. And otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode.